Hello, Choa. I have a question for you today. And my question is, did you ever get any scholarships in high school? Scholarships in high school? Yeah. No, I'm not that smart. <laughs> well, I mean, I got a scholarship for my athletics. Is you that did? what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had a signing and everything. Yeah. What was that for? The newspaper came out. Um, for uh, volleyball. I played volleyball in college. So well, yeah, I had to I should, sign. I, I knew this. You knew that. I knew you played volleyball. I didn't, I didn't no, know you nothing got a, academically. A I'm not. Yeah, that was a scholarship. I had a full ride. I never had to pay for. Well, it was a partial ride there at the beginning. And then I had to earn my keep. And once the, my sophomore year, it became a full ride. And they paid for books, tuition, board, everything. But I had to perform. And did you? Yep. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> I had to. Or I'd be, you know, we lost. There were a lot of uh, players that didn't make it. That they couldn't make it through. It was too hard. Because we were doing two and two, two a days and three a days. We were doing uh, games every week, more than once, going on weekend trips. We were out of town where we would miss a ton of school. And if you had a professor that didn't understand what you were doing, which I did have one my first year out, which was my French professor. I should not have taken French during that time because it's a six, it's a five day event and you had to be at school all five days. So I was always missing. So I had to retake my French uh, during summer. But other than that, yeah, if you had a, so we had to always negotiate with the, with the people do our homework and, it was it was not easy, especially my freshman year, because I wasn't used to it. So what I would do is I would take my 15 hours in the fall and I would take my 21 hours in the spring. But even in the spring, that's when I would do my I would work in the libraries or work in the cafeteria for extra money for for spending money. And then um, I like the library that was fun to work in. I enjoyed that. So, but then we would do three a day. So we would have to get up in the morning at like six in the morning. And then we would work out again after school, which was, we couldn't schedule after lunch. So it would be like one or two and then for two hours. And then we would have to come back and meet after school, which would be about an after dinner, which would be about six or seven. And we would work out for two hours. So it would be, we would do that in the spring. So it was I, I would, we would go and go and go. And then all of a sudden I would hit a, I'd hit a wall, if you will. And, and I think all of us did. And we would sleep for like, if we had one weekend off, we would like sleep the 24 hours. I mean, we weren't getting out of bed, <laughs> but yeah, we used to do that. Um, and, uh, we, you know, of course we would travel. Uh, I, I had an opportunity my senior year. We traveled to uh, Trinidad and Tobago and played in an international tournament. And we won that. So that was pretty neat. And then uh, we'd go to Colorado. We played up there near Pikes Peak. And, um, you know, we go to Oklahoma, you know, things like that. So we would play at all these colleges. So you, you had to keep, you really had to do your studies or you were, it was really hard. It, it's a job. So here's my question. Okay. Part two. Part two. Did did you feel like you were adequately aware of 
like what it took to get to that point in high school or did you just fall into it because you were good? Cause I feel like I wasn't aware of so much in high school that I didn't even know the opportunities that were like even around. Yeah. I mean, I think that happens a lot of times to students that they're, they don't know what's out there. Um, I, well, I was fortunate in the sense that my dad was a college athlete. And so I knew that you had to work. So my dad was a coach. My mom was a coach. And so uh, my dad always believed that that uh, these kids needed a place to go and play. And so he, back then, things were just different. And, and, you know, your whole life was dedicated to these kids. And so dad would always have open gym. And then he would do basketball camps. And so I, uh, you know, and so every time his gym, the gym was open, he would open the smaller gym for me and I would go in there and I would, I would play against myself, but against the wall. And so I would sit, sat and I would hit and I would, I would do all kinds of stuff. I also played basketball in high school. I just didn't get a college scholarship in basketball, but, um, but anyway, yeah, I played, I played all the time. I, I brought my parents windows, all kinds of stuff. Like I would throw the ball up on the house and I'd backwards, right. I'd have my eyes closed. So I didn't know where to go. And then I'd have to dive for it. And I learned how to practice hitting with, cause you know, in volleyball, you hit the ball. And so I, I, I could hit with both hands. I, I learned every, I would just practice all the time. I'd go up there and practice all the time in order to, and, and I, and I, was I practiced with my weakest area, but I'm lucky or fortunate in the sense that my dad and mom are the ones who encouraged me and told me what I needed to do in order to make sure I was good enough to play no matter what. And so, um, so I think probably my junior year was when I realized I really wanted to play in college. And so that was when I really doubled down on the ability to play with all aspects of the game. And it did pay off because when I was in college, um, they made me what back then what they would call a utility player. So I played opposite the setter because when the setter grabbed the, you know, if she got the ball, you know, she usually gets the second ball. If she got the first ball, then I would be the one to step in and set. So I was able to set and I was able to play all around. And I had, I practiced hitting the line. I practiced being smart and serving and, I kept us in the national tournament for my serves because I would just serve and serve and serve. And my mom would take me to college games when I was in high school. Once I told her I wanted to do that. So she would take me to the local area college games and she would tell me, you need to find a player that you appreciate and you think you could be like, and you need to model yourself after that person. And so there was a player at UTA. I don't even remember the player's name, to be honest, but I would watch that person set, I mean, not set, but hit, um, serve. And I modeled my serve after that person. And that's what I did. And so I, I had even a model that helped me, but I think what happens today, but no, I didn't know about all the, all the academic scholarships and all that. I was just fortunate to know about the, you know, the physical, if you will, you know, that type of stuff. Um, but no, it, it takes a lot of work and you almost have to start really early, uh, these days to, to set your sights on that kind of thing. And, and there's a lot of reasons how there are a lot of ways that, that kids can get scholarships today. And I just don't think that, that, um, I don't think we do a, a, a decent job all the time. I think we think we do, but I don't think that we really encourage kids like we should. Yeah, I mean, we 
So the reason I asked this, because I just came back from a senior awards ceremony. Oh, okay. Um, and it was so cool to hear just what these kids get, right? And like, you mm -hmm. know, $100,000 scholarship or $300,000 of scholarships and, you know, going to MIT and going to certain colleges on full rides. And it's just like, holy mm -hmm. moly. Like, I just... It, one, I looked looked over to one of my coworkers and I went, man, this really makes me feel bad for being dumb. Like, <laughs> just. well, but, but the thing is, is in your situation, of course, you know, I've read your book and we've talked a lot in yeah. your situation. You almost have somebody need to have somebody at home encouraging you. I think that's why, like, um, when you deal with the AVID program and stuff in schools, that was the whole purpose of that, because AVID is for your first uh, group of of students that are actually in that family, the first person in the family to go to college and stuff like that. Those are the, your candidates. Uh, because I think when you don't have people at home and, and, you know, encouraging you, and then you could easily slip through the cracks because not all the teachers catch that. I will tell you that um, I'm really pleased with the assignment that I did at the end of this year. And what I did is I had the student tell. because, Oh, are you okay? Or do we need to yeah, do ahead. that? No, go ahead. We'll intro okay. in a minute. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So anyway, what I had them do is, you know, we I saved research, the research project. We did research all throughout the year, but the research project that's in my curriculum, of course, you know me, I'm not doing the, I don't do traditional stuff most of the time. So I let the students pick their, their topics, but here's how I base their topics is I said, okay. I love going to work and I have loved going to work for over 30 years. What? You know, they all freak out. What? 30 years? That's older than my mom. You know, that kind of thing. And I said, but I don't get up every morning and go, oh, I just wish I don't. I mean, I've enjoyed going to work and I enjoy teaching. This is what I love. And so I think everybody should get an opportunity to do something they love and make money off of it if they can. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about things you really love to do. It could be anything. It doesn't matter what it is, anything you love to do. And so I had one kid, I asked him, I said, so what do you, he's like, I can't think of anything. I said, well, when you are by yourself, what do you, what do you do in your spare time when you're not playing your video games? Cause he's always playing video games. And he did his last project on video games. So I'm like, and that was the other thing. It can't be something you've already done. So it's gotta be something because it's at the end of the year so they really had to think a little bit out of their box and uh so he goes well actually miss ochoa i collect lizards i like to catch lizards and look at them and i'm like all right let's look that up can you make money with lizards <laughs> just <laughs> jobs involving <laughs> lizards and i looked it up and you know it talked about how lizards are endangered species and how they need an ecosystem in there you know and all of that and it talked about uh, you know wildlife and he goes you mean i can make a money i can make money catching lizards and all i said you sure can that's what you're going to research and so what they did is they found something they love doing and then they figured out a way to see if there's a possibility to, to make money off of it. And so what it did is as we were, we did this for the last two weeks. And and I also their product had to be something that they've never done before. So if they've never created a website, then they could do a website. If they've never created a PowerPoint, it's had to be something they didn't do for me. Let, let's just say that, that, you know, and so it was really neat because 
I've got kids that I did uh, today. We had two students that actually put together an animation video. They've been working on it for two weeks and it's them talking and telling the telling all about like one of them. He wants to be a police officer because he just always has wanted to be a police officer. And so I said, well, OK. And then uh, so he talked that what they had to do is talk about why they chose that topic. And how, you know, is it something you can make money off of? What kind of jobs are out there? A variety of jobs. And then uh, what's their plan to be able to do it? So when they had to research their plan, then what they, we, we researched what's available in high school and what's available in college. I have one student that he is, and, and I had all my levels of students do this. One of my best ones is from one of my autistic students. And she wants to do culinary. And she created this website that uh, it, play, it has links, it plays videos, it, you know, and so we just, so what I did is she stood up there and she did her best to talk about it. But I said, just talk about your, you know, your website. So they turned it into me through Canvas. I put it up there on the big screen and then they showed off all of their work. And so it was just neat. So when she got kind of flustered, she said, play the video, play the video. So, you know, I clicked the video and, but anyway, it was just really kind of neat. And the kids were like pretty wild. And so it gave her that confidence. So then all of a sudden the other kids go, well, I want to show mine. So it was really a neat thing, but they are, they're standing up there. It's the old stand up present, but I'm real loose about that. I, do, I don't put a lot of pressure. They're all going to present, but I don't put pressure on when they present and I don't make the decision. I say, okay, it's open. I'll give a little bit of extra credit if you're one of the ones that have the courage to start. And then they're like, oh, I want that, you know, and then they just start after that. Well, can I have extra credit? I'm willing to go without you telling me. Sure. You know, that's, that's how I get them to go. But anyway, I have another student. So I have another student that he created, uh, well, his whole topic, he comes to me and goes, Miss Ochoa, what I really want to do is what most people don't want to do. And he goes, I, I just want to do math. That's all I want to do is math. And he's already been grade skipped. So, I mean, he's grade skipped. So he's in, in math. So he's, he's already a year ahead of everybody in math. And so uh, anyway, and I said, well, okay, well, let's look at what jobs are in math. So he looks up jobs and everything. And he's determined now, after all he's seen, he's, he wants to be a statistician. And so then I said, he goes, so what do I do? And I said, well, let's, let's see what it takes to be a status. I mean, to do that. And so anyway, he says, well, what educate, you know, he types in some questions about education and he learned that the number one, you, you mentioned MIT. That's why I thought of him and what I thought of. But anyway, he, his number one, the number one school for statisticians in the entire world is considered MIT based on what he found. And I was able to tell him through this because okay, he's one of these really smart kids. And what happens to these smart ones is they set their sights on something like MIT. They don't get accepted. They don't know what to do with their life after that because this is what they've done their whole life. Mm -hmm. So I told him, I said, you pick five. So what I want you to do is MIT is number one. After that, pick four others that you can live with. Pick three Ivy Leagues. And did you know that Rice University in Texas is an Ivy League school? I did. So he looked, yeah. So he looked that up and he's like, oh my gosh, they also have a program. I said, okay. So now look around this area. Are there any? Because what I want you to do is think about five different things and pick two that you can live with that aren't necessarily Ivy League, but you can still get what you want. And so it, this is all a part of his plan. So he's, 
So he's uh, so I've got I was able to guide him. We looked at our our websites. We looked at our Bechtel, which is our technology center. We looked at the CTE hours. Uh, one of the kids he wants to do video programming, and so he we found sure enough how many hours he's like, oh, I'm gonna I didn't know they had that. Oh, Miss Ochoa, I'm gonna do that. And so then he created a video game to show us. Anyway, it's just been a really neat thing. They all get to do whatever they want. And it's a way in the seventh grade for them to start thinking about their future on something they want to do. It might, they might change their mind, but here's the thing, the way it's set up now, at least in this region and, you know, or like if you want to go to one of those schools or let's just look at Navy here in the Navy, if you want to go to the Naval Academy, they go all the way down to seventh grade in order to determine sometimes if that person's going to make it or not. That's how far, because it's so competitive. So you almost have to start in the seventh grade with your dream like in order Ender's to make game. it happen. It is. <laughs> and uh, it's true. And, I, you know, I looked all that up because my son was wanting to do, uh, at, when he was in the seventh grade, he wanted to do Naval Academy. He'll say he didn't, you know, because he's Mr army guy but i'm telling you i was there and so that's when i looked all that up and what he was going and at that time in the seventh grade he's like mm, i'm not willing to do that but at least he knew right so i know i don't think we tell our students enough but i like projects like what i did here to at least give them a chance to start looking i mean one kid he wants to be a barber because he get he always has these cool things he goes to the barber and he gets these cool things in his hair that's what he wants to do. He wants to learn how to do that. Well, guess what he knows now? He knows how much education he's got to have. He knows he's got to take a test. He knows he's got to take it. So he already knows because he did this project. So I thought it was pretty cool. It gave him a reason to read and gave him a reason to present. And, and all the kids listen, you know, because we're at the end of the year, you know, nobody wants to listen. So I told them that in English, we have to have a listening grade. Uh, you know, a reading grade, a writing grade, a speaking grade. So this is where your chance to get a speaking and a writing grade. I mean, not writing, but listening grade. So if you're talking points off and I'm, and I look at them and I write down their names or I start looking like I'm writing down their names, it gets them quiet. So that's what I've been doing. Sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know what else sounds good? An intro, ladies and gentlemen. This is Yay. the Grab the Draft podcast. That's Pamela Chong, Jacob Chastain. We are two teachers down here in the state of Texas doing what we love, talking about reading, writing, workshop, and so much more. We have supporters that keep this podcast alive. If you like this podcast, if you enjoy Ochoa taking the reins for 19 minutes before we I'm sorry. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you? It's good. It's funny because you always tell me that you can't do a solo episode and I guarantee you, you could do a solo episode because you almost just did. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. It's good. It's perfect. There, People uh, learned a lot, but people support this podcast. Yes, they subscribe yes. just like you can. They leave reviews and they join us over there on Patreon. They throw a couple bucks our way. They get bonus episodes, bonus videos, our training videos, and so much more. We're going to be doing some summer training as we do trying to spice up things for our Patreon supporters. Also, they feed off of each other a little bit. We're starting to get a little community going. People ask questions. Other people respond. We're going to talk about some of that today, but I want to tell you. This podcast is kept alive by Alicia, Brandy, Leah, Mark, Amy, Sarah, Rebecca, Courtney, Carol, Alyssa, Destiny, Lori, Natalie, who is back, Susan, Tracy, Andrea, Hannah, Lori, Jen, Matt, Amanda, and 
Donna all come over. They have supported us. They are keeping us going. So thank you guys for doing that. If you want to do that, check us out at patreon.com slash craft draft. You can find the link at craft draft workshop.com. Join us. We'll try to make it worth your while. And if you can't do that, subscribe, come back every single Friday, mostly. Um, and you'll get a new episode. Sometimes we have technical difficulties. Sometimes things are crazy. So people don't know I'm a first year AP this year. Things have been crazy. My, uh, schedule is very busy like i said recording this on a thursday night after senior graduation after a hard work day so it's been a little wild to say the least but enough about that let's go answer some questions all right Ochoa, we're going to be diving into um a variety of stuff this is a, a nice little mailbag episode just kind of talking through some stuff let's go we'll use the most detailed one for last so let's start with courtney though courtney's a fan of the show she talks to us all the time you actually met courtney recently i did we had have we we talked about that on the show no yeah y'all met where where, where were you at were y'all in a secret bunker somewhere what was yeah secret bunker that's all i that's where i have to live these days no i'm kidding um yeah, no, I went to Houston area. That's where she she is at. I went to the Abydos conference. I had a presentation that I had to do and ended up presenting to about 100 people. Some of you might be listening. And thank you for coming if you are. Uh, I think it was successful. It seemed like it. And um, we talked about our craft and draft. That's what I talked about. It seemed like people were really interested in that and showed a few examples. Uh, but anyway, since she was in the area, um, through Patreon, we contacted each other and uh, I was able to meet her. For, uh, she came in to the uh, where where I was at, and um, we went to a local restaurant and sat down and had a had a nice conversation over some dinner. So I got to meet Courtney, and she's really awesome. So you never know. You never know what you're gonna ha- do. You never you know and whatnot. And I've met uh, you know, people through Teach Me Teacher as well. Um. And so it just, it it is what it is. But Courtney messages. She says, hey there. She says, Jacob, after the last two podcasts, I must ask, have you seen Interstellar? I must have been going deep on some of the philosophy if she's throwing out Interstellar. I think so. (laughs) I think you went through a few wormholes is what I'm thinking. And I think maybe we must have gone through a a black hole. (laughs) we've it's it's been a crazy few weeks you know what i honestly what i want to do not this is not the episode to do it but like at some point in the future i want to do give like perspective on just how wild uh the last few weeks have been most last few months but um yeah it's been crazy times but now's not the time but she says hands down my favorite movie and it gives so much perspective just wanted to share that we're almost there y'all so she's giving everyone a pep talk she says hugs so you know what's funny is i haven't seen this movie it is something oh that, you haven't no it is and not oh. because not because i don't want to it's hey, just i haven't hey. i don't watch a lot of movies we've said this before oh i know you don't and you're always making fun of the ones that i watch because correct. they're not deep enough correct this one will be deep enough for you <laughs> i know here that's the thing i know i will love it like there's there's not a part of me that thinks I won't like everything I've heard about it, everything I've seen about it. Like it's, it see, it's, it's literally my kind of movie and I just haven't seen it. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, it was one of my husband and I, we, he loved that movie. So we went and watched it on the big screen when it came out. You know, another movie it. I wanted to see just because I love the name is I wanted to see that aliens like sequel Prometheus. 
I just, oh, yeah. I just love Promethean ideas, like the idea of origin. Like I use it through rightfully uh-huh. empowered. I, I, I had it way heavier in there. And then the, the editors were like, I don't know if we're following what you're, you are not picking up what you're putting down here. So, uh, uh no. yeah, it was fine. Yeah. But I, I love that idea. So that's, another that's a thing. good movie. I like the original alien a lot. I think it's an incredible movie. For oh, its now, time. Well, what do you mean for it? What, 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 what do you mean for its time? It's old. It was I like was, the 70s. It. it was not the 70s. <laughs> yes, it was. It was however, Alien it was one? not. It was in the 80s. Alien? No way. Alien? Oh, it was. Now, Star Wars was 79. Alien 1 came out in 79. Okay, well, 79, 80s. I watched in the 80s then. Okay, well, it was the 70s. Because my parents probably wouldn't let me see it. But we, as a basketball team, you're talking about high school, we would have parties and watch that. That was the one thing we did is we'd all get together and we'd watch the alien. I don't know why we would do that, but it's like a, that's why I thought it was in the 80s because like that was my 80s. It's like a near perfect movie. I love that movie. Um, first, like I said, especially first time. So moving on. Natalie, who we've mentioned several times in the podcast, she's been around a long time, asked a couple things. So uh, we're going to jump in here. She says, hi, Jacob and Pam. Question back in 2020. It's wild. That's, we can say that on this podcast. <laughs> you guys did a podcast on top PD books to buy. That was our Christmas episode or one of our Christmas episodes. I remember filming that. Yeah, we were um, right in the middle of COVID. I was at my parents' house. Yep. Yeah. Do you think you would ever do an updated one? Would there be any books you have read since that you would add? I'm looking for a resource for good questions to ask students during reading conferences. I have my standard questions, but I think I can do better. Also, when is your book coming out? I have watched your PD and listened to all of your podcasts around it, but I'm a visual learner and so extremely interested in reading it. So let's do the first one. Let's. So we we need to sit down and go through it because I've read some PD stuff. Ochoa has a couple books um, that she hasn't read yet. Yeah, I bought um, some books. Yeah, here, why don't you list those real quick? And then... Are the books that I bought? Sure. The disclaimer is you haven't read these, so you can't speak to their quality yet, but might give Natalie a place to start if she's looking to dive into some things. I mean, they were good enough for you to pick them up, so surely yeah. there's some there's some gems in there. Well, this one has a Ford from Linda Reef, and you know we love Linda Reef. And, uh, but it's by Katie Egan... Uh, Cunningham and it's called story still the heart of literacy learning and um I have not read it yet um just now opened it because I just bought it uh but anyway it's um it looks like it might be pretty good from what I can tell uh yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I was trying to see if there was a spot that kind of just let me know a little bit more about it for a second. Um, why stories matter is how the chapter one begins. And um, anyway, and so what stories give us. So it's all talking about stories. Uh, I see here some um, changing times, changing classrooms, small group instruction. Uh, these are just some titles that I'm seeing in here in multimedia poetry so i don't know it looks like it might be pretty good uh but i have to read it and maybe after we read it we can discuss it some um another book that i got which i we actually saw him speak he was our speaker at the conference and it's the speaker's john shu 
And uh, his book is The Gift of Story, Exploring the Affective Side of the Reading Life. And uh, he's an ambassador for for books. He's made a career, he says, and of uh, he was a, a library a teacher turned into librarian, turned into uh, somebody who actually uh, gives books in people's hands all the time. So he wrote a book about how uh, story is is good and suggestions on books to be reading and all of that and story is inspiration. Uh, those kinds of things. So uh, it looked like it might be pretty good. He was a great speaker, uh, John Shu. We might need to see maybe if he can. He's probably too busy to talk to us, but might be interesting. Another one that I got was by Catherine Bomer, and it was about writing, the teaching memoir. It's a writing life, writing a life. And then Chris Tavani, uh, so what do they really know? And she usually addresses reading. Um. Talks about anchor charts, ideas on how to give feedback, which that would go in with her reading conference. So um, I'm going to read these and then we will see. I got one more book that's out of print, but I got it because I know Miss Brock, Paula Brock, uh, and all the listing that I do when I teach comes from this book, Nudges. And so uh, she gave me the idea of that but she wrote this so long ago when i was first starting to teach and you know that i've been teaching for a long time so uh this book is going out of print because i guess i'm at the age where things go out of print there you go that's what i got it's kind of interesting well <clears throat> and for me natalie honestly i just haven't read a lot of english books or i haven't read a lot of anything this is like i said been wild times for <laughs> more reason than one <laughs> so um i'm looking forward to closing out this year next week is our last week with kids at my campus so um i'll work a little bit after that because i'm admin hours but uh you know i'm looking forward to kind of resetting in a variety of ways and getting back into the swing of things it's just every day i'm very tired ochoa <laughs> <laughs> so in any case she also asks about our book she says when's it coming out and here's the thing we're it's it's it exists but we're slowly knocking it out that's also another goal of ours this summer we got to get ochoa writing is what we got to do <laughs> yeah i'm the problem but that's okay i'm about to have some time i think yeah so Maybe. the 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 hard answer is not yet natalie and for everyone else waiting for that but it will be worth the wait because we're going to distill everything it's going to be a monster of a book i'm sure but uh, moving on to a little bit more of a meteor question. This one's from Leah. We've answered a lot of questions from her as well. One of our favorites. Hello, Pam and Jacob and Patreon supporters. So she wants you guys to jump in this. She says, I am yet again starting a new position at my school next year. I'll be the seventh grade social studies and ELA part of a two person team with an emphasis on ELA. I have only done writing workshop as a writing or creative writing teacher. The only readings I have used are excerpts or short pieces for the mini lessons. This will be my first time doing reading conferences, and I will also have to incorporate social studies content. My thoughts are to do whole class novel as something that pertains to social studies themes, and I can use it as ELA mini lessons too. That way, we'll have more time for independent reading and writing. I know a lot of ELA teachers are asked to support social studies or the other way around. I would love any advice you or other Patreon members have for the situation. Thank you so much for all you do. Now, I got to admit, my first response is, 
Why does it always have to be connected to social studies? Maybe that's not what she meant, but that's what it sounded like. Now, I know she's doing both, but I don't know if it always has to be united necessarily. I don't know. I don't know if I'm reading that wrong. Well, from my understanding, I could be wrong, is I'm thinking that I have to incorporate social studies content. Yeah. So I think she's been told that you have to. Uh, I know that in Texas, and I, I'm not sure if she's is she in Texas. I don't know. But I know in Texas, our test has changed. The social studies test has changed. And so there's a lot of writing now on the social studies test. It's a beast. And uh, I think that's probably why. If it's in Texas, why they need to incorporate social studies content, because they're starting to test that a little more rigorous than they have in the past. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing. And if that's what it is, then cool. But here's I, I like the idea. I mean, you and I have played with this idea before using mm-hmm. a whole class novel as kind of the anchor text to whatever. I think the trick here would be whatever the social studies content is, making sure that novel can either be read fast enough or slow enough, I guess, depending on how long it is in order to last. And I feel like the worst thing that can happen is you get, you get a whole class novel going, but then it lasts too long. And by the time you've made progress, you've already moved on. And I know you're hearing me, but Oh my God, how could a novel last too long? You make, you make a 80 page short stories last five years. So quite five years i do get finished with most of them uh but no i mean i mean just like in a practical sense like if you have to get through Mm -hmm. a unit on i don't know the holocaust in three weeks but you don't make it through the divan frank for nine weeks like it's just there's just some practicality things there but i don't know i mean in general i love the concept of using a novel to be kind of a backdrop to where you can focus on your reading standards. Also get a lot of that English stuff or not English history information in there and then just kind of go between the two. Um, I think you can do it with short stories too. You could also do it with literature circles, right? You don't have to have, um, it doesn't have to be a whole class novel necessarily. You could do leveled so to speak uh literature circles or interests to where kids maybe they don't want to read Diary of Anne Frank maybe they want to read Number of the Stars or maybe they want to read you know anything right um I would challenge Leah to think less about topic and more about themes if she wants to do that and I think the reason is is um like if you want to talk about oppression in history, you can talk about, there's a lot of books that do that, that aren't historical necessarily, but it could give you interesting context. Um, like for instance, I know like the one that's coming to mind is 1984. That's obviously not a middle school book, but if it was that book talks, there's so many themes in that that could connect to history and totalitarianism and, um, all of those pieces. So that would be my, challenge i think that's a uh not not better um but i think it's a, a broader way to think about it that might free her from constraints right because you only have the books you have um and so it might just be interesting to go down that road right like the giver could be used to teach about a whole lot of things throughout history 
And so now you're asking kids to compare text across because you could read something um, in the giver that, and I think you've talked about this, that in spot like that is inspired by real life stuff. And then kids could read the article. They're reading the part of the giver. Then they have cross text analysis. They have synthesis. They have all of this. And so you're talking about high level of understanding history, have them draw those connections and have, and force those conversations for kids to really interact in a, in a meaningful way, um, without, without it always being so direct. Now, can it be direct? Sure. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think broadening it just might give her a little bit of, of wiggle room a little bit and also really, uh, attend to, um, student interest rather than just limiting it to a specific topic, um, broaden the interest by having choice. I think that's the, the, I, we like whole class novels. We've talked about it before, but the biggest downside is that you're not going to hit every kid with a whole class novel. There's going to be kids that check out. There's going to be kids that doesn't connect to. I don't know what your thoughts. Well, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, um, I, I was thinking about also, you know, I, I'm, you know, me, I'm big on picture books, trade books. What do you want to call them? Yeah. Um, Patricia Polacco, like if you're doing, um, the Holocaust. You mentioned the Holocaust. She's got this wonderful book called The Butterfly, and it's about uh, hiding, you know, somebody who's Jewish and protecting them. That pairs very well with uh, Number of the Stars because that's what they're doing in Number of the Stars. And then from there, you can talk about things. I've actually taken uh, Rose Rose. Uh, Rose Blanche is what it's called, the White Rose, which is a White Rose Society during the Holocaust time. Um, and it was a group of, of uh, German uh, students in college that stood up against Hitler. They lost their life doing it. It was a, They were called the White Rose Society. There's a poem about that. So you, what I like to do is I would take, like I did To Kill a Mockingbird. I read one chapter out of To Kill a Mockingbird. Well, we were reading To Kill a Mockingbird. That's the book that we were reading. And some people ban it now, but, um, you know, because of the language that's in it now. But it's such a rich, rich literary piece uh, when it comes to strong themes. And, um, but anyway... Uh, you know, on I think it was chapter three was where um, was where Scout is dealing with a current event. They had to bring a current event. And a kid brings a current event about Germany and how they're prose- persecuting the Jews. And he mentions the word prosecute, and she said, "No, it's persecute," and explains what that means. And then Scout's having to deal with this idea that the teacher was actually persecuting, participating in a persecution of a black person you know, the summer before, and she saw that. So how can this teacher say it's wrong here, but right there? And so anyway, we we read that. The kids had to write about what their thoughts were. Then I read Rose Blanche and then Sophie Shows, which is the poem about the White Rose Society. So we did those three things. The kids wrote about it. And then I concluded with two quotes. One was actually introduced it with an injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere, which was by Martin Luther King, and then tied that into uh, if we don't learn history it, with George Santiana, his quote about history is de- doomed to repeat itself if we don't learn it. And so I, d- I put together in such a way that the kids were 
engaged. These were ninth graders, but you could take that same concept and move it down to the, you know, and you could use picture books, um, poems and stories and get quite a bit done that way. Um, and do pieces of a whole novel. If you don't have time to do the novel, you can read like a little bit of the beginning, get them started. The part that you really want to deal with on the theme base, the part that, you know, the heart of the book, whatever that is, you can read that piece out and then tie it with some other things. And you can get some rich, rich writing. I did, was able to do that. I've done that a lot of times, especially when I taught geography and I taught history. So I've, you know, I've taught U.S. history, Texas history, and I've taught world geography. And I have done some of that where it was paired with English. So, Well, and uh, Amanda Rose jumped in in the comments of our Patreon. She said Alan Gratz might be a good author oh, to yes. tie in. We're a fan of Alan Gratz. Refugee's really good. Grenade's really good. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And I wanted to mention... Uh, for anyone really to read these books, I think they're incredible, but they're uh, by Deborah Wiles. And I haven't read the third one. I didn't know it was out, which it came out in 2019. So it shows you how much I followed it. But the first book is Countdown, which I think a lot of teachers have seen. I personally love Revolution. Um, I think it's incredible. But then the third one is called Anthem. But these books are super cool because... It's called the 60s trilogy, so it starts off kind of going through the 60s. So the first one is about um, the atom bomb. The second one is about the civil rights movement. And the third one's about the Vietnam War. And so um, really cool, um, really broad, but it's fiction. But it has all of these actual historical documents and photos wedged throughout the book. So the books are huge, like really thick. But they are not, they're not long. Like the actual book itself is not very lengthy. Um, It's just long because there's so much stuff in it. But Revolution was wild because it had pictures from the civil rights movement, but like politicians talking about the KKK in a positive light, like, you know, support so-and-so who's backed by the KKK, you know, and it's just like, you see this in like the news and whatnot, and it is wild, just to think like it wasn't that long ago when all of this was um, so popular and, and, and so prevalent in our society. It's really eye opening in a lot of ways. Um, all three of them are like that. Uh, well, not that I haven't spoken. Like I said, I haven't read the third one, but the first two definitely are. So I imagine the third one is very cool. Um, and I, it might be a good place to find some primary documents, too, honestly. Um, even if you don't read the book or have it as a book study or do a whole class novel, um, might be cool just to buy it and it might give you some interesting stuff, might give you some cool excerpts to look at, give you some, uh, like I said, there's tons of photos, there's primary documents, really fascinating, really fascinating series for, um, anything where you're trying to tie into this. Um, yeah, I think so. And then there are some other, I was trying to find one, um, a picture book that I used to use and somebody I loaned it out and I didn't get it back, but it's, um, anyway, it's when you mentioned Vietnam, um, it's a picture book called, um, the wall. I think, yeah, it is. It's called the wall. It's by Eve Bunting. And it is a wonderful book to put with, um, with the book that you just mentioned. So like if you wanted to do what I was mentioning earlier, the wall, um, they still have it. You can get it on, on uh, Amazon. Uh, but they have, that's a really good one to pair with that. And it's all about the Vietnam Memorial 
and it's just it's Eve Bunting is she just creates wonderful wonderful picture books anything from Eve Bunting would be great and I do some people are like well picture books but the thing about the picture book is you were talking about time and the way I use it I use it when it's something it's rich like the one I just mentioned it's rich it's a rich literary piece but it's done so well that you can teach so many themes off of it and you can you get a a lot of stuff for your you know for the time that you have i mean it's just you pack a whole lot of meaning in a very little bit of time and you it's a great way to pair things so introduce or not introduce so but it's called the wall by eve bunting and that's a good one for vietnam if you if that's what you were wanting to it would go with that book man well Ochoa. With that, I got to say that's it for this episode. We answered tons All of right. questions. We we got to hear about your volleyball experience. We got to hear oh, me yeah. whine about my schedule. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> that's what I wanted. Honestly, I'm having a lot of fun. I really am. But mm-hmm. very busy. A lot of things I'm balancing. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you. Wrote in. If you got a question right on the air. Thank you. We want more of you guys. So if you have questions, yes. you can, you, if you're not a Patreon supporter, you can email us as well. That contact page is at the craft.workshop page. You can also DM me on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you find me at. Um, I, we love answering that stuff. Our Patreon supporters get first dibs, but you know, you never know. Shoot your shot, send something our way, and we may or may not answer it. Just depends on what the questions are. Or join us on Patreon to get your question answered pretty much every time you ask something. We're pretty good about doing what we do. But thank you to our Patreon supporters. Let's read in reverse order today at the end. We have Donna, Amanda, Matt, Jen, Lori, Hannah, Andrea, Tracy, Susan, Natalie, Lori, Destiny, Melissa, Carol, Courtney, Rebecca, Sarah, Amy, Mark, Leah, Brandy, and Alicia. All support us on Patreon just like you can if you want more of this. If you enjoyed this podcast, go do that. If you can't do that, that's okay. Subscribe, leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. Otherwise, know that we are here. For you. 